In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, welcome to worship as beloved people of God. The psalm writer prays, Teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. I'm Pastor Mark Hall from United Lutheran Church in Prairie Farm. And by way of announcements today, I would just like to call your attention to the issue of our COVID-19 pandemic. As people of faith, we are concerned for the many from our world and country and state and local area who are becoming ill with COVID-19. And we know this pandemic is taking a toll on healthcare workers and on our healthcare system. In the last week, as a further follow-up to the executive order from our Governor Evers on Tuesday relating to actions every Wisconsinite should take to protect their family, friends, and neighbors from COVID-19, our Barron County Department of Health and Human Services, together with Mayo Clinic Health System, Marshfield Clinic Health System, and Cumberland Healthcare, issued a statement asking for our help. COVID-19 rates in our area are soaring to high records, the statement says. The reality of our current situation is if we don't take action now, we are at risk of overwhelming our healthcare system. We are asking everyone to do everything they can to help slow the spread in our community. Stay home as much as possible. Wear your masks when you must go out. Wash your hands. Do not go out when you are ill. Do not gather with people who live outside your home. And follow isolation and quarantine recommendations. Help us limit the spread to your loved ones and ours. We want to be able to care for your family and ours. Help us help you. Together, we will make a difference. Our scripture readings in November speak of the end times, and just as our days are growing shorter now, so the coming day of the Lord is drawing nearer. St. Paul says it will come like a thief in the night and urges us to be awake and ready. Jesus tells the parable of the talents, calling us to use our gifts while we still have time for the greater good. Before we hear our scripture readings, let us begin with the prayer of the day. Let us pray. Righteous God, our merciful Savior, you own the earth and all its people, and you give us all that we have. Inspire us to serve you with justice and wisdom, and prepare us for the joy of the day of your coming. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first reading today comes from Psalm number 90. Lord, you have been our refuge from one generation to another. Before the mountains were brought forth or the land and the earth were born from age to age, you are God. You turn us back to the dust and say, turn back, O children of earth, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, like a watch in the night. You sweep them away like a dream. They fade away suddenly like the grass. In the morning it is green and flourishes. In the evening it is dried up and withered. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. And then from 1 Thessalonians. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you 
For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them, as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. So then, let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other indeed as you are doing. Here ends the reading. In the Gospel from Matthew, the 25th chapter, Jesus said to the disciples, For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to all who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Every time I hear this parable told by Jesus of what the kingdom of heaven is like, it makes me winch at the end. Probably many of you feel for the one talent guy at the end too, when the master returns. He lowers the boom on the guy and calls him wicked and lazy, tells him what he should have done, and then gives the talent to the one who had the most to begin with. 
The master responds in a way that seems severe and extreme. The guy had only one talent after all. Or was it more, there were more to it than that? Take another look at the parable. One of the confusing things about Jesus' parable in the first place is that that word talent. Usually we think of a talent as having to do with a person's ability, a person's gifts and abilities, things a person does well, like art or music or athletics. But that's not what the word talent means in this parable. A talent in Jesus' day was a huge sum of money. A person's daily wage was a denarii. It took 6,000 denarii to make one talent. That's 20 years' wages that make up one talent. Putting it in today's value equivalent for a median income, probably close to $1 million. Now, this one talent guy we heard about had been given this $1 million by the master before he went away on a long journey that lasted many years. Do you know of any one-talent people in this same way? People who just had a million dollars handed to them? Well, the person I'm thinking of today is Bart Bryant. Bart is a preacher's kid like me, and for a number of years I have been following his career as a professional golfer. Bart will turn 58 years old this week on Wednesday, and he plays on the Tour Champions circuit with other senior golfers. Bart was 43 years old when he was handed the winner's check for $1.17 million at the PGA Tour Championship in Atlanta in 2005. It was more money than Bart had made in almost 20 years of professional golf leading up to that year. Those 20 years were described by golf journalists from the Associated Press as vagabond years, bouncing between qualifying school and mini tours, years where he used to lie awake at night and wonder if he should find a better way to support his family. And the paragraph describing Bart ended with this sentence, In those vagabond years, even when he did play well, he took himself out of contention because he was afraid to fail. He took himself out of contention because he was afraid to fail. Sounds an awful lot like this one-talent guy Jesus tells about who said to his master, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. I was afraid and went and hid the talent in the ground. Fear paralyzes people. People who live in fear cannot take the risk to make use of the gifts God has given them. But unless risk is taken, how can anything good happen? And this is true in our spiritual lives, too. Our faith is a risk to say, I trust God with my life. I trust God with my future. That's a big risk because I do not have any certainty prior to making that kind of a commitment statement, and neither do you. Bart Bryant now has seven professional victories, and if you look at his PGA profile, one of the things you learn is he is a generous person who gives, supports House of Hope, Campus Crusade for Christ, and his own church where he's a member. Bart Bryant is recently remarried, but a more well-publicized and difficult part of Bart Bryant's story centers on the loss of his first wife, Kathy. They were married for 34 years. Kathy was diagnosed in 2016 with stage 4 glioblastoma brain tumor, and the cancer took her life in 2017. Kathy left behind her husband, Bart, and two daughters, Kristen and Michelle. 
Bart said this about Kathy's cancer struggle. She never questioned it. She never had any fear about it. She never felt cheated because she had a shortened life by, by today's standards. I won't say she embraced it. She wanted to live. Her attitude was always ever grateful. And Bart went on saying, our family was a, in a prayerful place. God had set us up for that. And because of that, our faith could carry us through. Faith has always been a large part of our life. Kathy was not afraid. Kathy had already entrusted her life and her future to God. This leap of faith is the biggest risk for all of us in this life. There is a risk in committing ourselves to God whom we cannot see. And Jesus is clear about the risks involved when he says that to follow him means we must be willing to let go, to lose our lives in order to truly find them. Even as Jesus calls us to live in a way that risks and lets go and steps out in faith, we notice as we hear the parable of the kingdom that Jesus tells that this is God's way. The master entrusts everything to his servants. He lets go of 160 years worth of wages all at once. He drops $8 million into the hands of these three guys, and he just takes the risk and flat out gives it to them. This extravagant amount of money. There's no condition. There's no ultimatum. There's just a big gift. And then he goes away. And so there's no failure to fear here as long as the gifts are received and managed faithfully. The inevitable question comes to us then, what am I doing or what are you doing with what you have been entrusted? Living faithfully, living in gratitude, taking risks is, in our giving is closely connected with our spiritual life. The servants who multiplied what the master had given to them were called trustworthy. Trust is tied to how they saw their master, which was very different from the one talent guy who buried in the ground the assets entrusted to him. He saw the master as harsh and punishing. He lived in fear, not in faith. When we live in fear, we are unable to take risks which means we miss out on the rewards, including joy of being open-handed and generous. Last Sunday, the St. Paul Pioneer Press newspaper, there was a special section called Give Back, Giving Guide 2020. They reported, according to the World Giving Index 2019, the most generous country in the world in the last decade is the United States of America. Nearly $500 billion was given to charities in 2019. And the majority of that giving, almost 69%, came from individuals. And the most charitable state in the United States was Minnesota. Wisconsin ranked 17th among the 50 states in charitable giving. In 2020, due to COVID-19 and other related factors, the article went on, charities are suffering, donations are down. There may be no more important time for us to give back in a charitable way to organizations that serve people and that do good. Because it signifies our trust, and as one writer puts it, giving opens my eyes to who I am when I take a step of faith and give back the first part of what I have, my income. I make a statement, an affirmation about my past, my present, and my future. So even more than a statement of who I am, Giving and generosity become an affirmation of whose I am, 
that I belong to God. Everything I am, everything I call my own has been trusted to me by my master. One of the adults I looked up to and I think about from my childhood and youth days who lived out of a relationship of trust, a lively faith in God, was a dairy farmer from my home community and my home congregation. I think about this parable, and as I think about it, the person who keeps coming to my mind is Albert. Albert was a dairy farmer, and I worked for him occasionally in haying season. He was a wheeler dealer. He loved antiques and animals. He always had a twinkle in his eye, and I think it was there because he always was thinking about the next deal he would make. He loved talking about these deals. I remember being with him. We were standing in the farmyard, and someone had just stopped in to inquire about um, what he was selling, some leather halters or straps for workhorses. I watched him. I watched Albert as he was talking and this in his way he had a jovial kind of chuckling but he also had a kind of intensity that day in making the deal and I think that's the way he thought of his in terms of his relationship with God too I sang with Albert in the church choir and I know about his generosity the church and the hunger program one day riding in the pickup by the hayfield, then we drove by a cornfield. Albert pointed to that cornfield, and he said, that cornfield is for the hunger program at church. And I think about Albert, I think of the servant who was given five talents and made ten talents by the time the master returned, not afraid to take a risk, responding in a self-abandoned kind of way. Let's give it a go, Lord. Let's see what happens. Even when I was in high school, I could see Albert had more fun than a lot of other men that I knew. I believe it was Albert's love for God that allowed him to take the chances he did and be as generous as he was. For Albert knew that God had given him his life and redeemed his life in Jesus. His life was in God's hands. In the parable, the master gave his servants everything before he left. He divided his substance among them. The master risked everything. And it's good to note, I think, that Jesus tells this parable toward the end of his ministry, just before his passion, his long journey to Calvary, where he would give his life for the world, where he would give his life for you and me. As Christian people, we recognize that God has entrusted to us everything we have. Home and family, occupation, income, property, fields, money, investments, not to mention life and love and peace and hope and forgiveness and salvation. We live now in the in-between time, between our Lord's first coming and his second coming, when he will judge the living and the dead. May God grant us such faith that even now we may live into the joy of the Master, living lives of faith and trust, risking, giving, loving, serving with all that the Lord has entrusted to us. Let us pray. O oh God, we belong to you. Everything we call our own has come from your generous goodness. And you have provided not only for our earthly needs, but you have also provided for us a way to everlasting life through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As we await the coming of the Lord Jesus again in glory, 
Grant us renewed faith and trust that we may live now with joy and generosity, ready to take the risk of giving, loving, and serving with all that you have entrusted to us. And we pray, O oh God, knowing that in Jesus Christ you have opened up our future, you have given us faith and hope and love, grant that that may bear fruit in our lives, in the life of our church, United Lutheran Church. And we pray today, too, for all newly elected officials from our government, that they will work faithfully for the common good, give them wisdom and honesty and humility, bless all elected officials, and pour out upon them the spirit of dedication to justice and truth. We pray today for all who are vulnerable, for all who are in any need. Come to our aid, O oh God, as COVID-19 continues to spread. Heal those who are sick. Protect families and friends who are being infected. Support health care workers. Give wisdom to those working on a vaccine. We pray for those from our own community who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Colleen, Sung-Hee, Lucille, Terry, Brett, Ruth, Leroy, Larry, Sandy, Perry, Sally, Bonnie, Gary, Adele, John. Grant them your healing grace. And we remember, O oh Lord, all those who have gone before us. We pray for comfort and for hope for those who grieve today. And we ask that you'll inspire us to live our lives in resurrection hope of that day when we'll be reunited with those who have gone before us. And now we pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>